0: Welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes with DailyStraits.com. Our guest today is Steve Locke, the founder and a CEO of Silo. Steven is, Steve, sorry, is an Auckland-based entrepreneur who founded CeeLo in 2014. For those who are not in the know, CeeLo is a collaboration tool that provides secure communication, collaboration, and is a community platform created specifically for people in the healthcare industry. In other words, Celo's secure app makes it easier for those in the industry to communicate, resulting in better patient care. So today we're going to talk to Steve, who happens to be a former engineer, and ask him why he decided to leave his engineering career and venture out into the healthcare business. Hi, Steve. Thank you for joining joining us today. How are you?
1: Hi, June. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Um, yeah, really good. Thanks. And you?
0: I'm great. So let's dive right into the questions. So Steve, it looks like a Celo is something like a slack. Or a WhatsApp for the healthcare industry. So, what was the idea that rooted, uh the formation of the company way back in 2014?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess like all good stories, um, it started with a girl. So um, yeah, if I go back to 2014, um, my girlfriend at the time, um, now actually my wife, and we'll get to that, we'll get to that later, um, was a junior doctor and working at a very busy hospital um and communication in a busy hospital is, is extremely important um and that hospital like many other hospitals across the world um don't have the best communication tools available they're still stuck in sometimes i call it the dark ages they use pages they use a range of other integrated systems and so a lot of the docs turn to tools like texting and whatsapp to communicate with each other um usually ask questions or um, we'll seek advice sometimes with a photo um, not because they are knowingly um, trying to breach patient privacy or anything like that, but mainly because other tools uh, didn't exist at the time, and so they, you know, turn to things that that they're already using in their own personal lives.
0: Alrighty, so okay, so you got the idea from that, um, and then how did you how did you go about uh, producing the product? Like, you know, um, employing people. Did you do a like a test or something, you know, usually normally people test the product out before they go full fledged. What was your approach?
1: If I go back to 2014, I was still at university. I was in my last year of um, university at, at an engineering school, um, doing doing chemical and process engineering. Um, and, you know, I, I I didn't know a whole lot then, to be honest. And so naively at the time, I thought, how hard could it be to create a healthcare? alternative or healthcare specific version of WhatsApp, um, not really knowing what the journey lay or the journey that, that um lay ahead of me, right? And because we were um, I guess not funded and, and didn't have a huge amount of resource available, yes, we had to do a proof of concept first um to test the waters and work out, okay, is this something that people will be open to and and want to use? Um, and that's exactly what we did. So, on the side, from yeah, as I was working and finishing union, I went and worked as an engineer for the first two and a half almost three years. I built a proof of concept on the side, um, completely self funded. Um, and that was the first um, MVP of the product.
0: So, who did you get like tech? Uh, did you do it yourself, or did you employ someone overseas?
1: Yeah, a little bit of a combination. So did all the initial design work and workflows and um, sort of the initial like feature set myself with a little bit of help from family and friends. Um, and then in terms of implementing the the first Android and iOS app, we got some help um, offshore um, t- to do that with some outsource engineers. Um, and that was really good. Like it was pretty challenging to work across, you know, borders, different time zones and stuff. And they really did build exactly to the scope um, but yeah, it was it was interesting, and and we you know we didn't really have another choice. It was all, all we had at the time.
0: All right. So, um, who was were you uh, doing this alone, or did you partner up with your wife now, your then girlfriend now wife?
1: Yeah. So we partnered up together, and and um, yeah, really tackled it together head on. And and to be honest, that was one of the really successful parts of of making sure we actually solved their problems initially because she was the end user. Um, and so if I think about some of the really early initial departments we got onto the onto the platform um they were actually in her hospital um and mm-hmm. and they were the sort of initial users that could try and test the product um, and give us some of that really important early feedback
0: okay so she tested it um the product she asked her friends her doctor friends to download it and try it right is that her job or yeah, were you- yeah
1: exactly so um yeah it was it was sort of the it was the first person to tell us when things didn't go right and um, had all the good ideas to solve them
0: righty, and so it is a, uh, so do you have other co-founders or it just the two of you Just the two of us righty and um so how, how has it been like used st- when would, when did it start exactly like when was the finished product up was it 2014 or a couple of years after that
1: so um if I think about when I went. Full time on it, it wasn't until the end of 2016. So the first few years is really just, um, you know, getting a proof of concept going, working on it as we could on the side, and getting that sort of initial feedback. Um, and and in terms of the timing too, the the market wasn't really quite ready for it yet. Like especially in this region of the world, it was still educating people that actually these other tools that they're using are not purpose built for health. There's some considerations that they need need to think about. Um, and while we were working on our tool, um, a lot of this became more and more, um, you know, you know, focused on or brought to light by a lot of the legislation changes around privacy, and and the timing became a lot better towards the end of 2016.
0: Okay, so um, what made you want to decide to leave your full time job and go on this full time? Was it because it was showing promise, as in like the um yeah money or you felt like, you know, this had potential to go far. Um,
1: probably going back a little bit further, I've always wanted to do my own thing. So um, probably been a little bit of an entrepreneur at heart. Um, high school, used to buy and sell cars and, um, you know, all my other friends would always have a, a summer job and me and my younger brother always sort of did our own thing. So I've always been entrepreneurial at heart and so we had an opportunity to solve a real problem that not, didn't necessarily just have a monetary return or a commercial return, it actually solved a real problem and, and could improve the way healthcare was delivered. Um, yeah, kind of probably didn't give it too much thought, to be honest. I just dove right in and, and decided to, to, to take it in my stride and do as, do as best as we could.
0: Were you married by then? Like,
1: um, or? No, 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 we <laughs> weren't. Um. That wasn't until end of twenty nineteen. So
0: did, when you told your partner, um, the um, now wife, um, and you're also business partner, that you wanted to quit your full time job to do this, what, what what did she say?
1: Oh, she was awesome, super supportive. Yeah, um, wouldn't wouldn't be able to do it without that attitude, which is yeah, super super helpful and um, probably the only only people that had to convince um, that it was still a good idea with my parents. But um, I think that's probably probably pretty normal.
0: Awesome. Okay, so um, I'm interested in the name Silo. It's like cello, you know, the music instrument. So, what's the 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 story behind that? Why did you choose that name?
1: So, we wanted to have a name that was pretty easy to say. Um, you know, think about someone saying, "Oh, please Facebook me or WhatsApp me." We wanted to have a name that could you could be used as a in a sentence. You know, please Silo me. Um, and, and that was kind of a key part of the naming. Um, But it also had to mean something. So silo in Latin means keep secret or keep hidden, um, which is a really key part of our our app being to keep patient information safe.
0: Okay. So, um, okay, now let's get a lowdown on how the app works. So I downloaded the app yesterday, but it looks like it's just specifically for healthcare workers because you can't sign up if you're not a healthcare worker, right? Am I right?
1: Yeah so uh, probably um, worth diving a little bit deeper into uh, you know who's the app for and and um, what, what does it give them in terms of value. So SILA is for anybody involved in the care of a patient so be it a really busy surgeon in a hospital or a community worker out in the community looking after someone in their home. As long as you're involved in the care of the patient SILA for you. Um, when you sign up there's a there's a few key differences to just signing up you know to Facebook or to WhatsApp or some of these consumer tools. First one is on WhatsApp anyone can sign up with a phone number and that means that when I message you I I don't know I'm necessarily messaging you there's an inherent level of trust that's that's just not there. On sealer we look at three main things for um trust is we verify identity we verify profession and we also verify workplace. And that means you know who you're talking to is who they say they are, which is particularly important when sharing sensitive patient information um, to make clinical decisions or or seek advice. Um, In terms of how it works, and this is the part that's a lot simpler to explain, it's just like using WhatsApp once you're in your network. So one-on-one chat, group messages, um, all the things that people are used to on a consumer tool, which means there's no training. But with a key... a key. a few key differences in terms of being a healthcare um specific tool. So we have our secure library, which is where we keep clinical photos separate from our personal phone galleries. Um we have a concept of going offline or marking yourself as unavailable, which is a you know, a really good well-being tool to separate work from personal in terms of if you're not at work to have that rest and, and not be bothered when, when in terms of being mixed up with your personal chats and WhatsApp. Um, and then we also have what we call our verified healthcare network. So that's where you can search the SILA network for any other verified health um, workers that you want to connect with and involve in the care of the patient. So think about it being a tool that's not just restricted to your own organization. You can talk across organizations, you can talk ac- across countries, um, and you can build multiple teams all at once. Um so that you can look after a lot of your different patients across a lot of the different areas that you may work. So
0: it's free to download?
1: Yes, yeah, it is.
0: All right. Okay. And what kind of phones is it compatible with? All smartphones only? Um from what phone to like iOS six? Is that is that okay? Or do you need a really high five
1: yeah so it's um pretty pretty much um in line with the same compatibility as all the major tools like facebook and whatsapp and slack um so we're 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 definitely on just industry standard in terms of what we're compatible with we're also device agnostic so um android ios we're also available on web um so anyone that has access to the internet can pretty much use their life
0: okay so tell me about the. How's the business been so far? You started as a two person business and then what is the current staff count take?
1: So we're just um, just below 20 people at the moment, um, mix of full-time and part-time and then we've got a few partners as well in different regions. Um, we're a pretty nimble, small business still and, and that's because we're pretty efficient in the way that we, um, we run our, our product. It's certainly a product led strategy um, most of our team at this point are are developers um, and and product people building a really um, product first model so we we um, rely on people to have a really good experience in the product and then refer or tell their friends or their colleagues about it and that's where most of our growth comes from
0: okay so um, I was wondering is this only available um, the usage right is it heavy? heavily used in New Zealand only?
1: So up until January this year, we were New Zealand and Australia only. And that was sort of our local environment where we were testing the market, getting a lot of feedback in real time and making sure that we had a product that had a really good market fit. Um, at the start of this year, we launched um, into the UK, um, also Ireland, Switzerland and South Africa. And that was really to spread our w- wings quickly and get into Some bigger markets where there was a need for the product. Since that launch, we've doubled our doubled our user numbers and um, tripled our traffic. So it really showed that out of New Zealand and Australia is really important to us as a business.
0: So how did you launch in these markets? Like, you know, how do 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 doctors and healthcare workers find you?
1: Yeah. So obviously, with um, the pandemic, it's been different to how we probably would have done it pre pandemic in terms of launch. You know, like I'd always envisaged going over, getting on a plane and setting up on foot and building relationships and establishing ourselves with a local presence. And, you know, for, um, you know, perhaps it was a silver lining. We, we weren't able to do that. And so we had a much more remote approach to it. And we used a combination of partners, digital marketing, and um, people that we already knew on the ground to spread the word and, and start to make people aware of the tool. In the UK market, we had quite an aggressive digital marketing approach. Um, which was aimed specifically at healthcare workers to download the app and try it. Um, and what we found in that market is that certain community care organizations and um, you know, hospital departments really took up the product quickly, uh, mainly off the back of it being much more of a um, problem aware market. So for example, in the UK, the NHS, which is the National Health Service there, um, banned the use of consumer tools like WhatsApp um, in 2020. And so that market for us, um, they know that using WhatsApp and these other tools is a problem. Um, so when they're presented with a solution like Silo and it works for them and it's just as easy to use, um, the growth is quite easy.
0: All right. So how did you uh, target this digital marketing for healthcare workers? Was it specifically skewed on Facebook marketing or did you go on, I don't know, how did you do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wish it was that simple. So I've got to say it's a very difficult cohort to target. Um, and Facebook, although a really great advertising tool, um, wasn't super effective at targeting these particular or specific types of users. So we used a combination of, of methods. The other, um, thing we found really um, worked for us was to generate, um, useful articles or, um, you know, industry specific resources that people um, could align themselves with or find useful. So CeeLo is a subject matter expert in healthcare communication, talking about how do they make the communication in their teams more efficient um, is something that people can really relate to as opposed to us just saying, here, try our really cool new app and um, you know, and, and and just get started on it. So it's providing value before just providing the value of the tool.
0: All right. So why was the WhatsApp thing an issue? Was it because of the um, all the... I don't know, um, attacks, cyber attacks, and privacy issues, is that a reason?
1: So, if we go back to the fundamentals of WhatsApp is, WhatsApp is a social tool, it's um, aimed at you know, keeping in touch with their friends and family, and it's not built for healthcare communication. So, despite being end-to-end encrypted, only looks after the data from person A to person B, and that's traditionally stopping a man-in-the-middle attack. So, if someone grabs um, or intercepts the traffic in the middle, all of that's not going to mean much because it's all um you know unreadable however when the information lands at the recipient's device it's not encrypted at that point it's unencrypted by the whatsapp app at that point it's readable and then it's stored in plain um, format or plain text on the device including images so for example lose your phone in the back of an uber or something and someone picks it up it's very easy to get your hands on the clinical photos of the clinical information in the whatsapp um, app second part is um, who are you talking to? So in WhatsApp, all you need is a phone number, right? So at the beginning, I talked about, you know, easily being able to send something to the wrong person by mistake by either, either adding a digit or, or dropping a digit by mistake. Um, and the other part too is think about, you know, if you um, get a new phone number, that old phone number that might have been in another WhatsApp group will continue to receive the WhatsApp group messages um, in that group that it might've been part of in the past. Um, and so Silo solves that by making sure we give trust to the, to the accounts and the people that, um, you're talking to. Um, and it also solves it by looking after encryption at the device level. So in that scenario where you lose a phone in an Uber or something, it, it doesn't matter that the, that the device has been lost.
0: Okay. Great. Tell me about your competitors. Do you have any?
1: Yeah. I mean, heaps, to be honest. Um, everyone's trying to improve, um, what seems like everyone's trying to improve communication health, which, um, you know, some might think, uh, oh, you know, damn, it's it sucks to have heaps of competitors. But we found that it's actually been really good because everyone's identified communication and healthcare is um really inefficient. In fact, it's one of the leading causes of medical error. Um and everyone's solving the problem in a little bit of a different way. So our our view on it is um simple is really powerful and solving real problems that our that our healthcare users face um is what we're focused on. So how do we make their lives easier? How do we make their communication better? How do we make their communication richer? Um, and also making sure that everyone has access to it. So, for example, you know, you don't just want a communication tool that's rolled out within your fancy hospital in a big city and you can only use it in your hospital because most of the time these workers move across a lot of different organizations. They have, they wear many hats or they're part of many care teams. And with Silo, they can make sure they're in contact with all those care teams at once. Um, while using a really easy, but also compliant tool.
0: Okay. Tell me about the, you know, you started business in 2016, end of 2016 till now. What are the sort of downloads that you've had? Yeah, so
1: at the moment, we're not disclosing any of our downloads or revenue or anything like that. Um, But as I mentioned before, even just the start of this year, we've seen our um, traffic triple and our user numbers double. Um, So really we've only just started to scale over the last 12 to 18 months. Um, and that's really been around finding the really good product market fit and um, and having a product that's super stable, reliable, um, and and easy to use. And people have started to talk about it.
0: Okay, so what about, okay, from 2014 to 2016, how much was the investment that you, you poured in with your um, then-girlfriend to start the app?
1: Yeah, so at the very start, um, I mean, it was really done on a shoestring. Like, looking back, I don't know the exact figures, but... Um, I was on a graduate salary and I think at the time, um, graduate engineering graduates would have probably been on, I I may have, may have earned like 50,000 a year or something. Um, I'd say at least half of that salary went into CILO over that time. Um, but it wasn't a huge amount, right? Like it was, it was really trying to do what we could with, with, with super low budget. Um, and, and to be honest, that was really important. Um, we didn't really need to spend more than that to get an initial proof of concept.
0: And uh, since then, have you gone uh, and pitched the idea at any kind of like tech uh, Blackbird Ventures or anybody to get extra money funding to grow the app or is it been self-funded till today?
1: So most of our investment has been through, um, you know, in New Zealand, we do have angel investors and we've got um, this sort of K1W1 and and NZ um, growth capital partners are investors in Celo as well. But, to be honest, they, they sort of feel like a family and friends round. Like it's been a really close knit round. Um, all seed at this point and really focus on finding our product market fit. So we haven't gone out and done an institutional round yet. Um, that will come in time. Like we're really looking at how can we aggressively expand? Um, for example, we've just become US compliant. So we've gone through HIPAA and um, the high tech act, which are the two key um, healthcare. Um, legislations to launch in the us and we've just become compliant so the next the next um, journey for us is to enter the u.s market and and of course that requires some additional capital
0: and that will you will go and look for angel investors to help you or you find on your own
1: um, we we'll probably will do around yes
0: awesome okay what are some of your yeah you just mentioned u.s but um what other expansion plans do you have for the year for this year
1: Yeah, so at the moment, the main plan for this year in terms of expansion is focused on U.S. entry. Um, And we're extremely, um, you know, focused just on that. But at the same time, we're also, you know, we're pretty new to the U.K. Uh, We launched in Ireland. We also launched in Switzerland and South Africa at the start of the year. So um, there's a lot of work to be done in those markets. Like, we're pretty new to those markets, too, which are running in parallel. Um, So we're, yeah, don't have any, like, specific plans to enter any other countries during that time. But the, but the free version of Celo is available in most regions.
0: What do you, um, like, um, US is going to be very hard because do you have a partner there? Like a business partner that you're partnering with or how are you going to do it in, during COVID times?
1: Yeah, so one of our um, uh, investors and founding um, shareholders um, is based in Seattle. Um, and so he's kind of our, our go-to man on the ground there, um, which is, you know, super helpful. Um, gets a lot of the land on the ground and, and and can meet and greet people on the ground. But to be honest, a lot of our sales are not done face-to-face anymore. They're um, through inbounds generated through digital marketing um, or they're through outbounds. Um, and that's that's a really key part of our strategy, particularly when it comes to selling um, B2B. And, and our target B2B audience is sort of mid-tier. Um and then but most of our sales or our um user acquisition is done direct to the clinician. So doctors getting excited about having a better way to communicate and simply downloading our app.
0: Okay. So tell me how does the company um, and in particular the app monetize?
1: Yeah, so we've got two offerings. We've got Silo, which is just free and anyone can download it, and then we've got Silo Enterprise. Silo Enterprise is a is a SaaS um license, you know, so we we charge a monthly license fee per month per user. Um, and that's normally aimed at a bigger size healthcare organization that wants a little bit more control around how they use Silo um, and also how they integrate into their existing systems. So, for example, with Silo Enterprise, um, as a healthcare worker in a hospital, you can take a picture in the Silo app, um, add some patient details to it, and then safely push it into the local clinical um, electronic clinical record um, so that there's one source of truth and that integration is a license fee.
0: Okay, so it's like a subscription fee, right? Exactly. Alrighty, and that is all the time that we have for today. We have just been speaking to Stephen Flock, sorry, Steve Flock, the CEO and founder of CeeLo. Thanks
1: very much, June.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Okay, the pleasure is all ours. Be sure to catch uh, another one of our podcast interviews next week where we feature another awesome entrepreneur from across the Tasman. Thank you.